Do you like NASCAR? Do you like a tribe called Quest? Well, you're going to love the Urban Conservative. Do you like manwich and nachos? Well, then you'd love the Urban Conservative. Do you like guns? Do you like butter? Well, you're going to love the Urban Conservative. Yo, what's good, son? You like pitbulls, say? You like solving Sudoku puzzles? Then you're going to love the Urban Conservative. Hey, buddy. If your car making a sound like this, you might want to get you some power steering fluid and check out the Urban Conservative podcast. Are you repulsed by the idea of drag queen story time at your local library? but enjoy Carol Baskin TikTok memes, then you would enjoy the Urban Conservative. Do you want to slap your boss and then go home and make yourself some golden brown pancakes covered in butter and freshly made warm boysenberry syrup? Then you'll love the Urban Conservative. You're a little over Cardi B and you're repulsed by the thought of Hogmaw. Check out the Urban Conservative. You ready? <laughs> Just because you're black doesn't mean you have to vote Democrat. This year, in order to see benefits for our communities, we need to vote outside the box. Find out more by visiting us at tuconservative.com. This season of the Urban Conservative Podcast is brought to you by Newton for Senate, working to improve education, reduce taxes, and keep North Carolina number one for business. Find out more at newtonforsenate.com. This episode of the Urban Conservative has also been sponsored by Case Technology Consulting. Help your business get value out of its data and become more efficient and streamlined. Case Technology Consulting. Check out the link in the description. Top of the morning, ladies and gentlemen, Adul Ali here. Welcome to the best 30-minute morning show on the planet. So glad that you could be with us. If you are not uh, familiar with what we do, I'm one half of the Urban Conservative. Big shouts out to my twin brother, Raheem Architect Soto. Please jump over to TUConservative.com. Give us some love. This morning's mug shot, ladies and gentlemen. This is what we on right here, your TUC mug. You can get one of these, uh, actually, by going over to TUConservative.com, sponsoring an episode. You can just click on that sponsoring episode link. You'll get one of these exclusive mugs and a shout out here on the show. Jump in the chat section. Let us know where you are watching from. We're live on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Jump on over to our YouTube channel, TUC Twins. Show us some love there. I got some good stuff in my cup this morning. Shouts out to our friends over at French Express. Got that little French Express blend 
going on. So been a good night. Um, tomorrow is going to be the opening of the General Assembly. So shouts out to our good friend, Senator Paul Newton, everybody up there at the North Carolina General Assembly. We looking forward to see what Republicans can get done um, this cycle. It's going to be interesting. I know heartbeat bills, uh, marijuana legalization, Medicaid expansion. So many things are going to be on the table. Um, there's some new laws that took effect in North Carolina. One of them reducing your personal income tax rate. We've got some stuff limiting the governor's powers during an emergency, which I think was way overdue. Um, you know, we how long were we almost a year and change. Roy Cooper had us, um, you know, locked down. So. Again, big up to everybody that supports the platform, supports the show, and looking forward to seeing all our folks in Raleigh tomorrow for the opening of the General Assembly. And um, I'm going to be a little bougie here. I get to sit on the Senate floor with our good friend, Senator Newton. So I'm excited about that. I'm looking forward for the trip up to Raleigh tomorrow. Uh, we'll have some exclusive footage for you guys, some behind-the-scenes footage, all that good stuff. So interestingly enough, right? If you've watched this show, if you've watched the Urban Conservative every Monday night live at 8 p.m., which you should do, then you're familiar with the fact that we're not really big fans of Stacey Abrams, okay? Uh, the reason we're not really big fans of Stacey Abrams is because, one, she's one of the politicians who have continued to push this uh, mindset that America is founded in racism, everything where there's a disparity between black and white people or Hispanic and white people, every disparity can be explained away by racism. She's one of those people and we're not big fans of it. So uh, we were glad to see her lose her first election for governor. We were really glad to see her lose her second election for governor. But get this, she's not done. She went on this show. Uh, I think it's called the Drew Show. Okay. And I, I I didn't know Drew Barrymore had her own show until I saw this. But apparently, Stacey Abrams ain't done. She's not done at all. Y'all take a listen to this. Check this out. So what's next? Are you going to run again? Are you going? Like, are you? do we get to look forward to this and galvanize I, I, again? I, I will likely run again. Yeah. Do you hear the lady in the back? Yeah, I hate that. Like that liberal. I don't know what that is. What's next? Are you gonna run again? Are you going? Like, are you? Do we get? To I gotta butt my hair properly. Again, I, I will likely run again. Yeah! Is it me or do this lady look like she got on somebody's curtain? <laughs> this looks like a curtain. What is she wearing? Ah. Okay, hold on. I'm confused. I'm thoroughly confused here. Why are they on stage within six feet of each other with no mask? But these people have on. I don't even. Come on. Where in the logical sense does. Some tough men who kind of don't... I never chime in on the morning show, but this segment is called Between Two Curtains. Ha! Between Two Curtains. Shouts out. So listen, folks. I here, Here's the problem with this, okay? here here Herein lies the problem. You couldn't win the governorship twice in a row. You're going to run again. And people in Georgia, black people in Georgia... I know y'all beat us, uh, you know, the hard left beats up on us in Georgia a little bit, but but check this out. 
if y'all don't recognize a grift when you see it, what we need to talk about is the fact that her campaign is in debt. She couldn't pay the campaign bills. Ralph, you can find something to pull up on her campaign finance. Why people in Georgia? I got to call Lucretia Hughes. If y'all know Lucretia, shouts out to Lucretia Hughes. I got to call Lucretia. Why would this lady be deciding to run for office again? Okay. I can't stand the idea that people in Georgia are going to get taken advantage of again, especially low information, low income minority voters are going to get taken advantage of again. And here's you go. Going for broke. Stacey Abrams campaign can't even pay staffers after the blowout loss. So y'all going to run. Y'all going to support her again. It doesn't make any sense to me. Now, now here's the other side of this. The only thing Stacey Abrams and the type of folks that support her really have is the racism argument. And that's slowly but surely getting thrown out the window. Abrams amassed 100 million in her failed bid to unseat Brian Kemp, but suffered cash flow issues in the final. How? How? I don't understand this. How? How? How do you raise 100 million dollars? Okay. She owes a million to vendors. So let's just take one out of 100. That leaves you $99 million. Okay. What in the doohickey, as my friend over at True Science would say, are people in Georgia thinking, y'all don't let that lady run again. Don't, don't, don't even, you know. And look, if we got to go to Georgia, physically go there, like to help people understand what this lady's all about, we'll do it. We're going to take a quick commercial break right here on top of the morning. The best 30-minute morning show on the planet. Go home, Stacey. Don't, don't, don't stick around. We'll be right back. Millennium, Millennium TV, bridging communities worldwide. We broadcast diverse international content from Europe, Asia, Africa, and now right here in the USA. Watch us via Roku on your smart TV. Submit your own content to 1530entertainmentllc at gmail.com. Download the Millennium TV app from the App Store to stream our shows anywhere, anytime. Millennium TV. Welcome back to the Top of the Morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Adul Ali. You are checking out the best 30-minute morning show on the planet right here on The Urban Conservative. You can follow us anywhere on social media at The Urban Conservative. If you want to drop us a little cash app to help support the show, dollar sign to you conservative, or you can go over to the website, sponsor an episode so that you can get one of your handy-dandy Urban Conservative mugs. You do a $100 sponsorship, you not only get a mug, you get the exclusive Urban Conservative t-shirt along with a shout-out here on the platform so here's something that didn't really age well. Um, talking about things that didn't age well. Uh, look at this here. Classified documents from Biden's time as vice president discovered in private office. But the interesting thing is the idiots on Twitter. Trump stole classified documents. Biden didn't. That didn't age too well. OK, that 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 didn't age too well. Knowing that's going on right now, that Biden is, uh, they found classified documents at Biden's uh, non-classified location. 
That's the crazy part about this whole thing. Y'all were beating up Trump. Oh, he had the documents and he needs to be arrested for having the documents. But your man Joe Biden got some documents. So, so herein is the question that I have. This is the question I have for you folks at home. Does Biden get raided now? Do, shouldn't following the logic of the left, shouldn't we be raiding Biden's house now? Now that you found, you know the ad, the illegal documents. When does Merrick Garland? Uh, when does the attorney general start going after Biden? When do they raid his crib? That's what I want to know. Because y'all raided Trump's crib. Never happened before a former president getting raided. Never, uh, Obama had classified documents. Clinton had classified documents. Bush had classified documents. But I guess, uh, and maybe this holds true, the left, you know, is do as I say, not as I do type of people. And so we, we're sitting here with a situation where the president of the United States, who has lambasted a former president of the United States, is guilty of the same thing, if there's anything to be guilty of. Okay? Now, I don't know about the vice president. Somebody smarter than me is going to have to jump in the comments and let us know. But I know that the very act of the president declassifying something can be done. By virtue, he doesn't even have to issue a warrant, issue a, a, a paperwork, do a writ, give an executive order by... He can say this is declassified and it's declassified and that's it. So when are we going to see the raid on Biden is what my question is. When he gets out of office, if he survives, because Lord knows he may not. Um, if he gets out of office and he survives, can we go ahead and raid his spot? Because what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If you're going to raid one, you might as well raid everybody's spot. Now, the other thing to think about is, is this. We're not talking about somebody here who's got all their scruples. Biden clearly does not have all of his scruples the dude doesn't know where he is half the time right so the the guy is is down at El paso and we covered this yesterday on the on the uh, on the podcast make sure you join us every monday night on the podcast biden was down at the border okay and they had a hot mic catching this dude L listen to this this is this is the hot mic moment they caught biden on hey and here we have Yo, the guy that's looking at him looks like he's talking to an a old man in his dotage. He looks like he's talking to, um, and no disrespect, he looks like the type of person, the, the type of face you make when you're talking to somebody that you know is not all there. Like, look at him. He's making that face like, you're not all there, bro. You don't even know what you're talking about. It's written all over this guy right here. It's written all over his face, man. He spent some time in Ukraine and bothered with the Secret Service. Yo, sorry. I got to jump in again. Yeah, we have a voice of consciousness, consciousness being in. Uh -oh. Why is the man in the background placating to the octogenarian who can barely stand? And up, sorry, bro. <laughs> right, like, like when, sorry, bro. Yeah, look at this. Yo, that guy doesn't know. Biden clearly doesn't know where he's at. Yo, and to his defense, I'll say this: he didn't know them documents was in there. He didn't know what was in there. Just like Trump probably didn't know what was in boxes and boxes of material you have moved all over the place. But that, folks, what we're looking at is a dude that's seriously. Y'all talking about wanting Biden to run again in 24? He can't. I don't think he's physically capable. I don't think the man is physically capable of doing it again. Play it again. 
play it again. All right, I'll play it again for you guys. But but listen to this. Here you go. This is your man. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> Yo, that's the oh, wow that you give somebody when they say, hey, I used to be a, a, a nuclear submarine pilot in the in the in the in the in the in the, in the army like, dude okay buddy okay all right you used to do that knowing that there's no such thing in the army but that's your man mr i spent time with the secret service and nobody knows what he's talking about he doesn't even know what he's talking about right let alone that the other thing is the other day this dude he basically said Somebody asked him, what are you going to do different? If you have to run in 24, what are you going to do different? What do you do to combat what Republicans are doing? You know what the dude said? Absolutely nothing. So there you have it, folks. That's your man. That's the guy you want to run with. That's the guy with the illegal documents, the, 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 the whatchamacallit, the, the, you know, supposed to be confidential documents and uh, classified documents, and he's got them. So what's good for the goose is good for the gander. I think Merrick Garland should raid somebody. How about that? How about we How about we raid Hunter Biden? How about we do that, okay? I know Congress is talking about they're going to do some investigations, but we need to investigate whether this dude is mentally fit or not. Who is the Biden's doctor? How is this even okay? I'm not even sure that this is okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you're checking out the best 30-minute morning show on the planet. Top of the morning. Make sure you get yourself a good cup of coffee every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Check us out. We're going to take a very fast commercial break, and we will be right back here on Top of the Morning. Don't go nowhere. This season of the Urban Conservative Podcast is brought to you by Newton for Senate, working to improve education, reduce taxes, and keep North Carolina number one for business. Find out more at newtonforsenate.com. This episode of the Urban Conservative has also been sponsored by Case Technology Consulting. Help your business get value out of its data and become more efficient and streamlined. Case Technology Consulting. Check out the link in the description. Just because you're black doesn't mean you have to vote Democrat. This year, in order to see benefits for our communities, we need to vote outside the box. Find out more by visiting us at TUConservative.com. Welcome back to Top of the Morning, ladies and gentlemen. You are checking out the best 30-minute morning show on the planet. We appreciate you being here with us at TUConservative.com is the place to go. Get yourself a membership. You're watching live on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or our website, and we appreciate each and every one of y'all that do that. Shouts out to Cynthia Sheets for checking out the show this morning. We appreciate you being here, and as always, tag us in your favorite coffee mug shot. You never know. You might win mug shot of the week, and we'll definitely get you hooked up with a TUC mug, so you're going to tag us at TU Conservative in your favorite coffee mug shot, and we'll take a look at those when you tag us in them. Now, here's the thing, right? I am a firm believer that every good, decent citizen should pay their fair share of taxes. Now, one could argue what that fair share of taxes is based on how much money you make and all that kind of thing. There's, there's some argument to be had about that. I myself am a big fan of a flat tax rate. You do, if it's 11%, everybody pays 11%. There you go. Uh, that's just my idea. I'm a big fan of a balanced budget. 
But one thing that terrified us here at the Urban Conservative, and we looked at this, was uh, this hiring of 87,000, 87,000 new IRS agents to go after Americans. Now, there was a report by Fox that said the IRS targeted the poorest taxpayers while millionaires went mostly unscathed in 2022. This while the White House is arguing that the Inflation Reduction Act will increase audits against millionaires. That didn't happen. Now, a study of the 2022 IRS tax audit data found that a taxpayer in the lowest tax income bracket is five times more likely to face an audit than a member of the highest income bracket. The IRS correspondence audit process is structured to expend the least amount of resources to conduct the largest number of examinations, resulting in the lowest level of customer service to taxpayers having the greatest need for assistance. National taxpayer advocate Aaron M. Collins said of the report during an annual report to Congress. The Transactional Records Access Clearinghouse at Syracuse University examines the internal IRS management reports each month, and the group noticed different trends by reviewing the 2022 data. Most notably, the group looked at audits, particularly considering the agency relying more heavily on automatically produced letters sent to taxpayer. The data showed that the IRS conducted 85% of its audits through these letters, which requested additional information and documentation related to specific items of interest. Overall, audits dropped from 659,003 in fiscal year 2021 to 626,204 in fiscal year 2022 out of 164 million income tax returns filed. So Trump released his tax returns they released those showing he paid anywhere from a dollar a million dollars to nothing on different companies so i am super happy super happy to hear that one of the first things that republicans did and i'm super so proud of them for doing this is repealing that irs funding to send eighty-seven thousand more irs agents into the field here's my thought don't we need more border agents Don't we need to be bolstering law enforcement in communities like Chicago, like Atlanta, like Detroit, like Los Angeles, like San Francisco, like New York City? Don't we need to be providing more support to our Border Patrol agents? Isn't there something else we can do with the amount of money y'all were going to spend on 87,000 brand new IRS agents? What are we going to do now that we have in, the, in this particular administration, we have people who have made it abundantly clear that they could care less about the average person. We talked about last night on the platform on the show last night, y'all. Hakeem Jeffries getting up here talking about we want to talk about kitchen table and pocketbook issues. Y'all had the last two years of Biden's presidency to get things done. And what did y'all do? Y'all tried to force vaccine mandates on our military folks. Y'all shut down border policies. Y'all made the country less safe by allowing unchecked illegal immigration into our country, allowing tons and tons of fentanyl. I personally have talked to people like Christian Castelli and Mark Walker and and folks that have actually gone down there to the border to see it firsthand. I was with Ted Budd a couple of weeks ago, and he will tell you American citizens do not need to be audited more. They don't need more government in their lives. We need less government in our lives. We need government to be, to put it uh, the way Speaker McCarthy said it, more effective and efficient. That doesn't mean bigger government. That doesn't mean 87,000 brand new people snooping after folks who are barely keeping it together. I mean, could you imagine this? The the cost of eggs right now, cost of it's almost a dollar an egg. 
all right? The dollar store is not even the dollar store anymore. It's the dollar 25 store, okay? Uh, my nephews are visiting. They went to Little Caesars. I don't eat Little Caesars, but they went to Little Caesars to get a pizza. And my nephew comes back and I said, well, uh, how much was the pizza? He said, man, they hit us for like $15 for two pizzas. I said, yeah. He said, yeah, it used to be five. I said, yeah, but what happens when the cost of cheese goes up, when the cost of tomato sauce goes up, when the cost of electricity goes up? People aren't in business to feed you. They're in business to make money. The IRS ain't your friend. They're not there to help you. They're not there to be your, your, your best friend. They're there to get your money, to get to extract more money out of the taxpayer. And that's the, the weaponization of the IRS. Remember this back in the Obama, Obama administration against conservatives was a thing. And this particular administration has hurt the American people with inflation, with their border policy. And now with this attempting to put 87,000 IRS agents out there to go after you and me, to go after the everyday Joe, the everyday guy out there trying to make it happen to keep the lights on and food on the table, keep gas in the car. Those type of people are who the IRS was going to go after. They weren't going to go after their friends and donors. Like Trump said, they love Hillary Clinton and the and, and the, the, the Biden's friends. They all take advantage of these tax loopholes, the same ones that Trump took advantage of. But they weren't sending IRS agents after them. And the report showed it. The report said that they were going to go after regular, everyday, average Americans were more likely to be audited than the millionaires. I bet you Stacey Abrams didn't get audited. I bet you Hakeem Jeffries didn't get audited. I bet you for damn sure Nancy Pelosi didn't get audited. I bet you Chuck Schumer didn't get a, uh, uh, audited. I bet you Adam Shifty Shift didn't get audited. I guarantee you them people didn't get audited. But I'm glad to see Republicans are starting to stick to their word in Congress. It is a great move, a fantastic move to resend that IRS funding to get those 87,000 unnecessary IRS agents off the books. We don't need 87,000 more IRS agents. It's unnecessary to do exact. You know, in some states, you'll see this, folks. When you reduce the tax rate, you get more tax revenue. It's that simple. Reduce the federal tax rate, you'll get more tax revenue. It's, I mean, it's not rocket science. Um, uh, Ra, uh, give, are we doing that special report today? Because we've got two minutes left in the show, four minutes left in the show. And I don't know if we're doing that special report. Let me know, Ralph. We're gonna drop that special report. My brother worked on something really special for for the urban conservative. It's something that I think a lot of people need to be aware about. We are gonna cover that special report. So, before we go this morning, I want y'all to take a look at this. This is a very touching, um, very important thing. Y'all need to be aware of. Go ahead and let's run this, Ralph. Leber's disease sometimes called LHON is a mitochondrial disease, which means it is only inherited through the mother. It's named after Dr. Theodore Leber, who studied the disease. Leber hereditary optic neuropathy affects 1 in 50,000 people. Today we meet one of the people dealing with this rare condition. My name is Christopher Backlund and I'm 20 years old and I have Leber's hereditary optic neuropathy. 
Well, I always knew about Leber's disease because my mother had it. Uh, when I was about 10 years old, my mother got diagnosed with Leber's disease. And ever since then, she couldn't really drive me anywhere or do really much of anything because she was blind. Uh, my mother passed away about three months ago due to a heart attack at the age of 53, and it's been a very rough time. About two months before she died, I was diagnosed with the disease. So, you know, the last couple months of her life, she knew that I had it. Well, when I was first diagnosed, I knew that it was probably Leber's disease because my mother had it, and I was told as a six-year-old boy that I had the gene for the disease, so ever since the age of six, I knew that I could possibly get it. Well, it started off with a blind spot in the site right here, and what happened was after about three months, the blind spot turned into just a huge spot in my center of vision that I couldn't see through, and I went to the ER, and the doctor couldn't figure out what was wrong. So a day later, I went to Dr. Bono in Southampton, and I was diagnosed with the disease. You know, I didn't really know what to think. I wasn't really upset. I wasn't depressed. I wasn't angry. I was just kind of in shock that I went blind at the age of 20, you know, and only 6,000 people in the U.S. have the disease. So when I was told I had a disease that there was no cure for, I was devastated. Uh, my life was turning around very, very quickly, and everything around me that I called life changed dramatically in only a few months because the disease spreads very, very quickly. Only three months after that, the disease spreads to my other eye, and I've been blind since November. Well, my day-to-day -day life has changed dramatically in the last few months. I can no longer read text messages or anything. So when I get a text message, I have to use a device on my phone called TalkBack and it will read my messages to me. And, you know, I'm able to kind of text with, with my voice. I'll like talk on the phone and it will use voice recognition, you know. Whenever I'm like trying to read a bottle or something, I can't do that. Or I'm trying to read a label from like, a, you know, like a food label or I'm trying to go grocery shopping. I might have trouble reading any labels or anything like that. But I can still walk around. I can still navigate around because I have my peripheral vision, but I can't read or write, I can't drive, I can't recognize faces in that sense. So in terms of how my life has changed, it's it's been it's been very, very different. Um, I've been stuck at home a lot, you know, ever in public, you know, it's kinda of hard to like recognize someone. Um, you know, it's just it's just different. It's it's a very different way and I hope that I don't have to deal with this for the rest of my life. And I don't think I'll have to. I think that uh, this clinical trial will hopefully go through. I think the clinical trial will restore my vision and I don't think I'll be spending the rest of my life like this. I think that with the advancement of uh, medical technology, I think that uh, I'll be cured one day. <laughs> the community support has been tremendously great. I've had support from like everyone and it's amazing. And I will be forever grateful for everyone who's reached out to me in the last few months to help me and you know, support me. And it's incredible. I will be forever grateful to everyone. And you know, it really goes to show that people in Southampton and all across the world have been helpful. I mean, I've talked to people in Europe who've helped me, and I've talked to people in California and, you know, Florida. All these people who have the disease and people who have, you know, experienced it themselves have reached out to me to help me. And, you know, people who, you know, live in Sac Harbor have helped me, and they've, you know, reached out to me to help me financially. And I've had support from a lot of people um, all across, you know, the world. Well, financially, the disease has taken a huge toll on my life. I have to pay for a lot of medical bills, a lot of medication, a lot of, you know, hospital bills. Everything about this disease is financially uh, terrible. Well, when my mother died, she had no life insurance or anything like that, so we were left with practically nothing. My father was on a pension of about 1500 a month, and I had no savings. And, you know, financially, things have been very good since my mother died. 
this winter has been difficult paying for heating wood house. My message to everyone is never give up or never give in to anything. Uh, the last months of my life have been terrible. I mean, I lost my mother and I lost my vision every few months. And, and everything around me that I've called to life and, you know, dramatically different. And, you know, if you're someone there who's struggling and you're thinking of giving up, I, my message to you would be don't. Don't ever give up because it's not worth it. You know, my life has been, has been terrible for the last few months, but I will never give in. I will never give up because you know, that's, that's what, what, you know, would disappoint my mother. It would be disappointing to my mother if I were to give in now because I have my entire life ahead of me. You know, I'm only 20 years old, but I won't let this disease bring me down. And I don't think anyone should let anything bring them down, you know? Life is wonderful. And, you know, that's one thing that I think everyone should really It's that the bad things are. There's always someone there who loves you. There's always someone there who cares, someone there who's there for you. And that's disease has taught me. The community has been incredible. And, you know, it's, it's amazing that I'm able to, you know, still live a somewhat normal life, you know, because of the community. The community has helped me in so many ways. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Top of the Morning. I'm your host, Adul Ali. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning, bright and early at 8 a.m. Y'all have a good day.